The stem cells in bone marrow, so important to fighting disease, are themselves vulnerable to infections that can deplete them over time. Those findings, along with research into new ways to protect stem cells, are part of the work at Baylor College of Medicine, where Dr. Catherine King is an associate professor of pediatrics. Her research got her one of this year's Presidential Early Career Awards for Scientists and Engineers from the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy. King spoke about her work with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. So I, um, in my clinical work, I see patients. I see pediatric patients with severe infectious diseases. And um, what motivates my research is that we know that immune responses are a key determinant of whether you get an infection and how you do with that infection. And so it became evident to me that if I'm really going to help my patients, we really need to learn more about immune responses. And so my lab studies how the body produces immune cells and how it responds to the need for more immune cells in the setting of an infection. So um, most immune cells are produced by the bone marrow. Mm -hmm. And so we study the stem cells that live in the bone marrow that are called hematopoietic stem cells and how they sense infections or inflammation in the body and respond to that signal. And I think one of the issues, and in fact, one of, one of the main areas of research that prompted the award is that you discovered some of the mechanisms by which these, these types of stem cells cease to exist or are depleted in the bone marrow. Is that, is that about right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So um, I would say before 10 or 15 years ago, there was not much recognition among hematopoietic stem cell biologists that these cells actually respond to inflammatory signals or, or signs of infection. We really thought of them as being carefully preserved cells that are protected away from the, the changes that are happening in the body from day to day. And, and part of what my lab has contributed to is a new understanding that actually environmental changes, like if we get the flu or if we have an infection, actually make a big impact on how those stem cells are behaving on any given day. So on the one hand, it's a good thing that these stem cells can sense the infection and, and respond to that by dividing and making more immune cells. But on the other hand, if that goes on too long and it goes on for months and months, in the end you can deplete your stem cells. You can use them up, and that's a problem. And, and it's a problem that we see in patients who have chronic infections. Uh, think about infections like TB or HIV or hepatitis. So, in fact, being able to understand how that process occurs might enable us to then intervene in ways that we can help protect those stem cells. And, and do we know, once they're depleted, are they depleted for, you know, a, a temporary phase? Do they regenerate at some point? Or once, one, once they're depleted, they're depleted forever in a given individual? Uh, so far, we don't fully know the answer to that question, but as far as we can tell, at least in the animal models that we use to do our research, those stem cells don't come back. And so we've once we've used them up and the infection has gone to the point of really depleting them, um, we don't see them recover. Um, if it's not, and what I'm talking about is a quite an extreme example of a, of a very, very long infection. Mm -hmm. um, if we interrupt the infection, earlier on where you can see some depletion of stem cells but not complete wipeout, you can still see some recovery at that point. And so armed with this knowledge, how, how can you start to think about um, treatment options? 
Yeah, so one of the things that we're trying to pursue is that it um one might think, well, um maybe we can apply anti-inflammatory agents. You know, give give everybody an aspirin or uh, ibuprofen and and see if we can help protect their bone marrow better that way. And the problem with that approach is that it's a little bit too nonspecific. These anti-inflammatory approaches have lots of different effects in the body, and some of those we don't want. And so what we're trying to do is be more specific about what are the exact proteins and molecules that govern what a stem cell does when it's activated by an immune signal, and can we directly target some of those proteins so that we protect the stem cell, but we don't necessarily um, interfere with other processes that are happening in the body. Let me let me make sure I've got my head around this, because it seems like the fundamental challenge is you, you want the stem cells to be able to respond in some way to the presence of an infection, because that's what, that's what generates an immune response and protects your body, but you don't want them to be so impacted that they become depleted over time and can't help you down the road. That's exactly right. So in fact, timing is of the essence, right? So we want this response to happen. And and context is also important. We want this response to happen for some patients at some times. But then we also want to be able to turn that response off at a certain point um, so we don't use up all the stem cells. So my lab is actually working on both sides of that equation. On the one hand, um, in terms of turning the the response on, would there be any role in actually using stem cells and their responses to inflammation to help boost immune responses for patients who are battling severe acute infections. And and we're starting to explore the possibility of doing that. And all the on the other hand, for patients who have very chronic infections or inflammatory conditions, so you can think of autoimmune conditions, for example, where the stem cells might be turned on for actually not a good reason, then can we um, find ways to turn off the response and protect those stem cells? So, yes, the answer is yes to both. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, even if they're on for a good reason, they're still you've still got the same problem. They're effectively wearing themselves out, even though they're they're not yeah. doing anything for the immune system that's useful. Exactly. So you can imagine for a patient with tuberculosis, for example, we'd want to be treating the infection with antibiotics while at the same time maybe applying a drug that could help preserve the stem cells at the same time. So anything you can say about specific treatment options that you're looking at? I mean, you said a generalized anti-inflammatory like, like aspirin is, is not going to be ideal here, but, but, but what potentially could you do down the road to, to, to get after this in a smarter way? Right. So one of the proteins that we're looking at is called BATF2, B-A-T-F2, and it's a protein that's induced in the stem cells when they see an infection. Um, this protein works as a transcription factor, so it, it turns on the expression of other genes and, and proteins in the cell. So it's a little bit of a master regulator. And what we've found is that um, if you don't have this protein BATF2, then the stem cell does not differentiate in response to inflammation. So it seems to be a key part of the response. So it would be interesting if if we fully define how BATF2 works and what are the proteins it regulates, can we actually design um, an inhibitor of BATF2 that we would use in people with chronic infection and bone marrow loss to help protect their stem cells? So that's the type of thing that I'm talking about. 
the depletion effects that you discovered on these stem cells, does it tend to happen around just one single prolonged infection or can it be multiple series, uh, a series of multiple infections that are kind of concentrated in time? Right. So I think the unifying um, theme is that it's uh, response to any inflammatory insult. Mm -hmm. So, so far our experiments have only proven this in the case of one prolonged single type of infection. But in theory, and based on what we know about the mechanism by which it happens, it could be a series of different infections. Or it could be, you know, I think about people who have inflammatory bowel disease, for example, that an, an inflammatory condition or rheumatoid arthritis where you have lots of inflammatory signals in your body for a prolonged period of time. Oh, interesting. So it's not doesn't even have to be an infection per se. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I think this could be important for, for anyone who has a lot of inflammation. Dr. Katherine King, Associate Professor of Pediatrics and Infectious Disease at Baylor College of Medicine and a winner of the Presidential Early Career Award for Scientists and Engineers. Speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. We'll post a link to the list of all this year's recipients at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, Think twice before sending money through an app or online. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffles Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.